Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of CX Cast. This is Sam Stern looking across at my co-host, Jenny Wise. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. And we're very excited to have in studio with us all the way from London, came just to record this podcast, Joanna Quintanilla. Hi, Joanna. Hi there. Thank you for having me. And listeners, here's the question we want to answer with Joanna's help today on your behalf. Should you as a company, should your firm organize around its customer journeys? And Joanna, don't answer yet. Don't answer yet. Before you do, and before we make this a uh, 30-second long podcast and you say yes or no, can you maybe start with talking about some of the examples of firms that have considered this and have taken on this way of organizing around their customer journeys? So we've seen a number of companies shift their attention away from channels and touch points and really focus on journeys, which is often how customers think about their interactions with companies. They don't think about interacting with the marketing department and with the procurement department. They think about a journey that they're on. So we've started to see some companies experiment with organizing around journeys. So one of the best examples out there that we've come across is Lloyd's Banking Group. Lloyd's identified their 10 key journeys that the majority of their customers interact on and that are most important to driving their revenue. And they set up customer journey labs, so cross-functional teams led by a product owner that's basically the de facto journey owner that look Mm -hmm. at improving these journeys over time. And they uh, have a central budget and they actually, they have KPIs that they're tracking as they're improving these journeys and they can compete for a larger share of the budget. So it's really sort of just shifted how they organize for digital transformation in particular, but they're not just looking at digital channels. They're looking at the entire journey, putting together these cross-functional teams that have CX representation, digital technologists, compliance, legal, somebody from the branch, somebody from the call center. And together, they're problem solving on how to improve these customer journeys. There's a case study that we've written about it, and it's a really fascinating story. So before we go into that case study, I'm curious to hear what the before and after is. Mm. So you talk to a lot of companies, you know, they have a channel manager or someone's the, you know, in-store experience or otherwise. Is that usually how it starts? And then they do a journey map and decide to appoint someone for a specific area of that journey? Yeah, I think that, you know, for a lot of companies, it's sort of, it's a a little bit of trial and error. So for Lloyd's, for instance, they realized sort of about a year into their digital transformation that focusing just on digital channels wasn't working. Mm. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't driving that promoter score. It wasn't driving all of the metrics that they wanted to to drive. And for them, it's it's a very financial services, very product centric. Um, So it was too much of a stretch to immediately create journey roles. Right. So that's why they made the product owner the leader of the journey team of the journey lab. So for a lot of companies, I think it starts with a recognition of we are not going to be able to improve the customer experience unless we start thinking in a more holistic way. And then it depends a little bit on the level of buy-in, how open your organization is. There's a lot of culture questions to this as well, right? How far can your culture stretch for you to take that leap to starting to organize around journeys? So some companies have gone for a very drastic change, like they immediately professionalize journey roles and they insert them throughout the organization. Others have taken a little bit more of of an organic sort of uh, approach to starting to think about journeys, creating some cross-functional teams that are improving journeys. And then from there, they sort of start to progress maybe to a more formalized organization around journeys, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Well, I like, I like the, the um, 
backstory with Lloyd's of they tried to do this sort of in a very digital heavy way, a digital transformation and found that they were coming up short because, you know, you, and you described some of the roles that would be on that journey team that I'm sure were not in the room when it was just a digital transformation. So you can kind of see the evolution there. I'm wondering, you know, you talked about some of the roles. How big is, is one of those journey lab units? And maybe can you share one or two of the 10 journeys that gives us an example of what level of specificity or, you know, where in the overall life cycle we're talking about here? Great question, because I think that that's sort of a question that some companies still really struggle to answer. They're still very much formulating the journey from an internal point of view, and they really need to think about it from a customer-centric point of view. So to answer your question, so the size of the the journey labs depends a little bit on the complexity of the journey. So they identify 10 journeys, Some of them are things like opening a bank account, right, which is not the most complex of journeys. Um, others, uh, a journey around corporate pension. So improving the mm. experience for employees who want to check their, you know, pension contributions and sort of, you know, want to plan for the future. It's actually a B2B journey. So it's more complicated because you're dealing with an employer. And so mm-hmm. depending on the complexity of the journey, the size of the team kind of stretched or sort of, you know, um, they worked with smaller teams. Not all of the roles that I mentioned were working sort of in the journey labs at all times, but obviously you need to pull in the right people at the right time to answer certain questions. For instance, when they were looking at opening a bank account, one of the simpler journeys, one of the things they realized is improving that journey, making it quicker for customers to open a bank account required them kind of peeling lots of layers of the onion. So some of it was changing the way that they talk about product risk and product disclosure and making that simpler. So working with legal and compliance on making that kind of language simpler. But some of it was also actually working with people in in the branches who were speaking to customers and actually through those conversations, realizing that giving them infographics to explain to customers what the risk of each product is and sort of, you know, the different Mm. options they have was actually what made it much quicker for people to be able to open bank accounts. It's a multi-layered problem that you're trying to Mm -hmm. solve and you can only do it with the right cross-functional representation in the team. And then you can sort of like flex that based on the complexity of the journey. I could see why you wrote a whole case study about this example because, (laughs) I mean, that is so thoughtful in the approach, right, that we're going to be this disciplined about bringing in whoever's needed, but that will define that Mm -hmm. by the journey. So it will be different and that the journeys can be that difference. We were sort of struggling with that. And and that's why we asked the question, opening a bank account. Gosh, that's simple and discreet. It's not, as you just pointed out, right? There can be a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, complexity there versus a really complex, anyone would see this complex B2B journey Mm -hmm. that, you know, encompasses a whole different type of customer. That's really interesting. Some of the other models that we've seen out there where maybe they have less um, sort of permanent journey teams. So for instance, uh, an example that comes to mind is Bank of Montreal. So what they do is they've set up a journey command center. So what that so that's mm. the customer insights team essentially that has invested in some journey analytics technology, and they are mining all of that data, stitching the data together across touch points and channels, mining that data, finding interesting hypotheses that they can go away and sort of look at and and test and try and find ways to improve the experience. Based on those hypotheses, they are then looking at what's the group of stakeholders that we need to assemble in order to actually solve for some of these hypotheses. So a lot of their teams are assembled ad hoc, and then they have a couple of sort of uh, meatier journeys or journeys that are harder to change and retool and improve where they have more permanent scrum teams working on them. So there's a lot of links to agile development as well, right? So you're assembling these scrum teams. Some of them are ad hoc. Some of them are more permanent. You're using the right journey data to inform the work that they're doing. And part of 
what Lloyd's was trying to achieve initially was also just getting value to customers quicker. So a lot of the KPIs they were focusing on initially were speed around, you know, making it quicker to open a bank account, working with agile teams in an agile way to do that. As they've sort of gotten quicker at rolling out value to customers from like 18 months now to sort of four months or two months, which is a huge difference, they've started to focus on other things. So other KPIs like confidence, uh, trust, things that are harder to measure, some employee KPIs around accountability. There's a progression to this, right? You can't Mm -hmm. sort of go in and do everything at the same time. You sort of have to take your organization along in your sort of, you know, (laughs) to not overuse the word journey, but take them along (laughs) on the journey so you can organize around journeys. I saw that one coming. I was waiting for it. I was trying to avoid the word, but I couldn't. It's (laughs) just too perfect. It's a journey to organize around journeys for our customers' journeys. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, so one thing you touched on there was right different scrum teams and today yeah. you know there may be a very established sort of agile process going on for one specific channel so to organize around a journey would mean that they have to completely change the structure and who they work with and who they're reporting to perhaps and their metrics yeah which requires I'd imagine a lot of buy-in and convincing to do um, how does that usually happen yeah. does it start with a trial team where people are just spending their free time collaborating or how should companies get started? So yes, absolutely. Starting with a pilot, starting with sort of a new way of working is really crucial. Lloyd's didn't go immediately for the 10 journeys. They started with two initially. Mm-hmm. They piloted those two. They sort of proved that this was a good way of working and they flexed their structure and sort of adjusted it sort of as the organization was was sort of ready for it and as they got buy-in. You know, for some companies, it's a massive change because they have sort of these scrum teams, as you say, organized around focusing on just mobile or focusing on website, right? And they're right. kind of separated by channel. And it's a really different way of working. So in some cases, initially, it's actually about getting those different scrum teams to collaborate and to Mm -hmm. sort of share information or to share KPIs. And then at some point, you start moving to a more blended team, Mm -hmm. but you sort of have to go through that progress first. It's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of things to think about. So when I think about becoming a more journey-centric firm, there's a lot of things to consider. Structure is an important question, but it's not the only one. And it's not just down to making changes in structure. You need to think about things like ownership, right? Accountability. Um, You need to think about, do you have the right tools in place? You need to think about, do you have the right processes in place? Do you have a steering committee, for instance, Mm. a governance body of some sort where you can have discussions around how do we budget for journeys that cross silos and cross budget lines. Like those are important questions if you want to do more ambitious things to improve journeys. So there's a lot more that comes to play than just thinking about, oh, I want to structure around journeys, right? There's a Mm -hmm. lot of things you need to think about. Should you organize around journeys, right? And I don't think that it's right for every single company to organize necessarily around journeys. I definitely think that it's important for every company to understand their journeys, measure their journeys and, you know, test and refine customer journeys. But whether you actually organize around them, I think depends a little bit bit on how critical it is, like how, what are the customer experience dynamics in your industry, right? So how disrupted Mm. are you being at the moment? How susceptible is your product or industry to disruption? Or um, how easy is it for customers to switch to a competitor, right? So there's an urgency there to really do things differently, to create Mm -hmm. differentiation by focusing on journeys. The other thing is also looking at your culture, right? So looking at how difficult is it going to be to embed journey centricity? Like, is there a true journey mindset within your organization? And this is, you know, not just our people talking about journeys? No. Do they really understand journeys? Is there a common language, a shared language around journeys, around metrics to to actually measure journeys? Is there some accountability around journeys as well, right? So you have to ask these questions. And, you know, I spoke to one company um, and it's it's a soccer club. 
in uh, the UK. I won't reveal mm. who they are, but um, they have a sold out stadium and a booming retail business, right? They sell a ton of merchandise. And so the urgency for them to organize around journeys is very, very low. But <laughs> they are investing in journey analytics because they want to understand their customer journeys. They want to right. engage with their customers in a different way, but they don't feel the need to organize around journeys yet because there isn't that urgency. A utilities company that's being disrupted from every single possible sort of, you know, angle is a very different situation. We've seen a lot of utilities companies actually organize around journeys. It's maybe not the most interesting sort of logical sector to yeah. think about, yeah. but a lot of utilities companies organizing around journey for that reason, because they're being disrupted, they need to think of new ways of providing energy for their customers about the whole journey. It's about moving house and how do we provide energy? It's mm-hmm. about how do we help our customers save energy with smart meters and the connected sort of, you know, connected devices. So they're embracing journey centricity mm. in a big way because of the dynamics in their industry. So there's some questions there that I think you need to pose before you sort of go all in and decide to create formal journey roles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just undo everything. Yes. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned those too. So I was going to ask, are there specific industries then that are disrupted? Yeah. And yeah. would you say this is fair or completely not wrong that there's an urgency to also organize around journeys if you have a very connected sort of online, offline experience? Because yes. I know a lot of companies have very different silos mm. for the digital experience mm. and, you know, the in-branch physical location experience. And that creates this disconnect. So for them, there may be more urgency than if you're, you know, just an e-commerce company solely. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there are certain industries that are more disrupted and are sort of mm-hmm. doing more around journey centricity. So financial services is a big one, uh, utilities, uh, hospitality, mm. airlines. Um, so industries where there's disruption or there's a high value in understanding how parallel journeys affect right. each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh. there's, there's sort of a frequency of interaction with that brand. And so Bank of Montreal found this really interesting data point. They realized that for customers who have had a bad experience resetting their password, if at the same time they're looking at applying for a mortgage with them, they're four times less likely to complete that mortgage journey if wow. they've had a bad experience resetting their password. That's wow. huge for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for industries where there's a high value in understanding sort of the connection between parallel journeys, the cumulative impact of journeys, there's a lot of disruption or there's a high need to connect digital and physical, mm-hmm. it makes a ton of sense to focus on journeys and potentially organize around journeys for sure. Joanna, thank you for joining us and and talking through the changes we're seeing around companies um, organizing or planning more around customer journeys. And I think you did a very good job of answering our question, which is, you know, should you do this? Is this something that companies should consider? And I think for me, the answer that you clearly articulated throughout with these examples is you can start small here and figure out if this is a fit for your organization and if it adds value for your organization. And then in addition to that, if you're in a disrupted industry, this is something that can help you get a handle on the disruption that may be coming from all these different angles and start to see it from the customer's perspective again. So thank you so much for adding clarity here. We appreciate it. Listeners will post links to uh, the Lloyd's case study and Joanna's report on the customer journey centric firm for you. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CXCast. And remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality. <laughs> <laughs>